Hey folks, and welcome back to Cosmic Crit for another mind-bending episode of the number one official Starfinder podcast, playing Attack of the Swarm. This is your GM and your podcaster extraordinaire here, Patrick, welcoming you back to the show. Yesterday was Valentine's Day here stateside, and I hope everyone that's lucky enough to spend it with people that you care about had a nice, relaxing day. Those of you out there that were alone this week, well, I hope you had an enriching day of self-discovery and or you all just had fun with your, your independence watching whatever you want on TV. If you missed our last big Cosmic Crit store sale before Valentine's Day, I want to take some time uh, of this intro to point out that there's another sale going on this Wednesday. February 17th to Sunday the 21st, we're running a 15% off your entire purchase sale. Make sure to apply that at checkout. Um, we have face masks now in the store, but along with that, uh, a collection of great sweaters and, and mugs to help you beat back the cold this winter. Um, if you're like Jabert and I here in New England, we're expecting more snow and sub-zero temperatures for a while, so... If you order now, you're going to get your Cosmic Crit swag in in time for these temperatures and ready to go at a discount. We're also lining up our streaming schedule here for RitterCon 4, and we are still taking submissions for GMs. If you want to run a table of pa uh, Paizo Starfinder or Pathfinder Society at RitterCon 4, it, it is an officially licensed online convention and uh, we're going to be running the Starfinder Society special. So if you join up now, your scenarios are going to be provided for by Paizo. And as a reminder, you're going to be helping raise money for Doctors Without Borders, who this last year have been helping fight COVID all across the globe. This year's going to be no different. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's intro. Uh, join our Discord if you want some more information about the sale or about CritterCon 4. We got a lot of episode to get to this week, so let's get to it. Midnight Squad are going down the rabbit hole in this week's trippy episode of Book 5, and we call this adventure The, the Rift, Rift of, of the, the Magi. Magi. Episode commencing in 3, 2, 1. Episode initiated. Join me as we kill cons, slay samurai, and navigate ninjas in this week's episode of Ghost of Krichima. This is your GM Patrick here, your ghost Mongolian leader, welcoming you to the islands of Japan, where we must hold back the Mongol horde. Joining me and slashing the way across feudal Japan are my five fiends and your players. To my right, the slick samurai is sweeping over rooftops with Strixian wings. It's Rebecca rolling with Zinnia. Hello. Across from her, this ghost in the shell is popping up into melee with hammer fists. It's true, delivering Echo 7. I want to write some haikus, but don't look at my butt. To my right, this damaging Daimoyo is the king of the party. It's Tyler dredging up to Masho. Hey, Patrick. Across from him, ready to slash at you with a single fatal Tashi final blow. It's Jabert playing his trust. Hey, hey. And across the digital table, even... A single well-placed kunai thrown from this plant can kill a man. It's Miles mixing up with sprouts. Good evening. How do we do, folks? How are we doing here? 
pretty good. Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned a well-placed kunai because that weapon saved my Heine more times than I can count just by giving me like a breath of space. <laughs> oh, in, in uh, Ghosts of uh, Yes. The kunai are, are particularly cheap because there is a armor set that gives you a, when it's maxed out, it gives you like a 30% damage to ghost weapons of which the kunai are one. And then there are also charms that give you bonus damage to kunai and they all stack and you can create this build where you're just this kunai throwing murder powerhouse like anything anything that isn't a high tier well armored enemy is pretty much just getting mowed down by these poor <laughs> these poor blades fun to spam I, i'll have to keep that in mind like a wandering samurai samurai i am just kind of slowly making my way through that game i like over the, like, the last year i just like every oh, yeah. six or seven days i'll play a few hours of it or whatever it's it's one of those games that like i just kind of enjoy elongating you know, it's, it's not, it's not, yeah. not a binge play for me. <laughs> right. I don't know what you're I, talking about. Episode 172 of <laughs> Starfinder. Uh, I, I loved that game. Um, it's probably, oh, it's, it's, in, it's in my top five games of all time. If you Whoa. haven't played Ghost of Tsushima, you know, pick it up when it's on sale. Uh, even if it, if it doesn't seem like something that is interesting to you, I would uh, say, I would still say, pick it up when you can. The story is very, the story is good. The combat and the visuals are unbelievable and, and kurosawa mode there's a kurosawa mode that is also i, I and i actually would say don't do kurosawa mode as cool as an homage it is the color in it's that game great. is unbelievable yeah, it is I, I don't like kurosawa for specific mode. scenes when you want to do it once yeah. uh as a kurosawa fan it was like you said a good homage and a fun thing to do once maybe twice a lady yeah. but that's about it. I, I agree with Drew. The color of that game is phenomenal, and it would be a mistake to take it away. Yeah. And one of the most fun, one of the more fun combat systems I've ever played. So many fun builds that you can get into. Just so many fun styles. But and at the end, at the but at the end of the day, you could also just become really, really good with the parry system and the standoff system, and feel like a total samurai lord. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Very fun. I'd just like to give a shout out, not that he listens to this, but to my friend Earl, who is the voice actor and uh, body model person yeah. for Norio. On that. The warrior That's monk. Awesome. I, when you told me that, I actually swapped my game to English because I was playing it in <laughs> Japanese just so I could hear his voice. And well, and like, he, ah. he and the, I believe the Japanese voice actor for Norio, I think it's mm -hmm. the two of them have like a show together on Twitch. Like everyone should oh, cool. look him up because he has all kinds oh. of stuff and he's learning That's Japanese awesome. because of this game. And uh, it's, yeah, it's oh, pretty fun. cool. He's been really, really excited to be a part of uh, Ghost of Tsushima for good reason. So, yeah, it's, it's so funny that this um, American video game company has like blown this Japanese video game uh, out of the park. You know, it's because it's very historically accurate as opposed to many Japanese video games of their history where you're f fighting against, you know, 
Well, giant, I mean, giant crabs and stuff. Yeah, like Dynasty like, Wars is not exactly a. Whereas <laughs> a from software is like going out there and making wow. you know um, the European uh, classic <laughs> you know Dead Souls style video. Yeah, I know it's pretty cool. <laughs> one, one, of, one of the biggest Japanese devs was very uh, positive about Ghost of Tsushima, but he said that they could never make that game in Japan because not everyone in the game is extremely pretty. Like the way that that Jin oh, Sakai yeah. looks in the game, he looks like a it's normal pretty. dude, but he would have to be some sort of like pop star looking dude if it was a Japanese made mm-hmm. game in this developer's opinion. But, uh, That's funny. Uh, we, we, we've uh, <laughs> folks, we should start a whole nother podcast uh, where we just talk well, about, you know, Drew and I would like to invite you guys on the more you nerds. <laughs> I was about to say, because we, <laughs> it, it's so funny. Um, I mean, we, we don't record Do an episode our, of our pre intro stuff here on the podcast but nine times out of ten it's like we're talking about some video game or some movie or something which could be a whole whole other pocket we could have talked about scream we should just hit record as soon as someone starts the uh the the meeting well i was i had a whole nother intro but uh we've we've taken up some time so let's uh let's get back into it uh get back into the adventure this week and before we do that let's to recap last week's episode and to to do that we got to talk to none other than a spritz merler to find out what happened last time on charisma career being a partner is a sacred bond and if you come for any partner of sprouts marlow there ain't a god or goddess in this verse that'll protect you from my wrath devasha's demon learned that the hard way this jerk comes in here looming up a storm like it's the scariest thing we've ever seen but you ain't the scariest thing we've seen today a couple of resolute shots from my heater got rid of this joker lickety split before it caused too much of a mess. Now, we see some strange things since this whole operation started, but this takes the cake. We come across a former SDF member, and they say they can help us get where we need to go. But this, <laughs> they've got a bona fide pirate ship, the kind you usually catch at sea, that's sailing the sands of this mindscape. I tell you, my sweep Ampetunia. What I wouldn't give just a Yosoki pickpocket or a standard death cultist. Things are strange. And I got a hunch they're gonna get even stranger. I mean, that should be that should be the title of uh, this AP is like, you think it's strange? It's gonna get stranger. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> yeah, get when weirder. we started this AP on a battle-torn world that was getting invaded by by bug creatures, did I expect to be in a sandy mindscape? No, but well now, and now you guys are. are the invaders here in this this world. Uh, this week's episode indeed starts on the bridge of the the pirate vessels, the so-called uh, sidewinder, as the aircraft hovers over the silvery sands of the mindscape, uh, as well as taking in the odd shifting winds in its leathery sails, kind of helping propel it and keep it uh, stable. The barge's captain, the Kasothan captain, uh, Seneca, is indeed like a mindscape pirate. She seems to be surviving here, raiding where she can and taking what she needs to help repair the ship and and keep her going. Uh, We see her at the episode's beginning here, perhaps talking about some of the ship's uh, piloting mechanics with Sprouts Marlowe as she talks to the little plant, uh, learning you're the the, uh, the captain of their your other uh, starships that you've been on 
uh, in Xenia, she'll she'll show you these controls as well as the the pilot. Uh, Devasho and Trest, we maybe see you uh, speaking with. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and call them Pirate Andus. <laughs> the the Andus, yeah, <laughs> the ghostly form of Pirate Andus One Four Four. I believe in last week's episode, Jabert, this was all revealed, and you came back to the table saying, "I picked the worst time to go to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Pirate Andus is here. <laughs> right. I just I, I I sat down. I was just sort of cracking my knuckles, and then picked up my headphones and put them on. He says, "The ghosty, the this piratey Andus man." <laughs> to be my name's Andus. I was like, wait, stop. What happened? What did I miss? I missed a whole bunch. What have I done now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is indeed a an idea fragment of of Pirate Andus. Andus 144. Um, and in addition to that echo, we see you here at the start of the episode talking to Alto, um, a, another fragment of your former um, Amrantan uh, shipmate. Take us to a map of the the deck of the the side winder. Can we yes, see the you. art of some of these uh, characters? Uh, well, I mean, Seneca is the only original art here for the the AP, but uh, here's a Andis art, the original Andis wow. art, the original Andis art. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one that we we had. Uh, have to add a pirate hat to that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put a tricorn on that boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I, I described it as yeah a an eye patch, and you have like a a swarm scythe blade as a, uh, a leg prosthetic. <sighs> Dope. And uh, yeah, this is official Amrantan art of um, uh, who, who I'm calling here. Alto indeed. Uh, who, who's talking with you echo saying um, after the Geist hammer was destroyed by that protozoa, the, the crew and I are, our casings were, were cracked the bodies evacuated the Amrantan souls and many tried to make it back to the spirit forge. But I think that part of our essence was sucked into the swarm mindscape in a nearby system. It was destroying a planet called Ilumchuva at the time. We have been to Ilumchuva. That was an interesting battle. The rest of the crew and who knows how many other of our, our kind since we started the, the spirit batteries because of our unique trauma at the hands of the swarm, what our people went through. Well, who knows how many others of our kind are trapped in this desert at night. I think I can hear them calling out in the shifting sands. And when I dream, I, I feel like I get flashes of their past lives the fact that you, Echo, made it here intact must mean something. Perhaps you can find a way to exercise these Amrantan souls from the mindscape and, and, and get us back to be reborn again. I will try, but I will need help. But I must ask, knowing that your soul is trapped here, but knowing that if you were to be released, you would cease to exist in this form, why... Would you desire that? Well, this mindscape is, uh, I, I don't know if it is worse than a, a purgatory, 
than one can imagine, but it is it is not living. Um, you can see she's like kind of half here, much in the same way that independence um, as a, a thought in the mindscape is like half real and half not. So incorporeal, kind of ghost-like. Uh, they seem to be able, um, both Andes 144 and, and Alto, much like Patrick Swayze, can manipulate objects if they're like really focusing on them. But for the most part, things just kind of move right through them. It, it, it has been some time in this place, but uh, as long as I've been here, there might be other of our kind who have been trapped here longer, who yearn to be reborn. We, we just deserve rest and a chance to continue on on our path towards reincarnation in a new body. I will do my best. Uh, down below this conversation, we see... And it's 144 finishing up a tail says, uh, and that's how me and my pirate crew almost outran the swarm on Marta. <laughs> we, we all died and surely took a few of those flame suckers down with us. I sent the ship's core <laughs> to overload and, and frigacied near best. I can tell uh, a quarter of a fleet in, in the ensuing blast. Can you give a, can you give a ghost a high five? He's going to concentrate real hard. He's like, I've got it. Here we go. Going right through. And then he goes like completely see-through for a second. It's like, I gotcha. He's like, all right, all right, up high, down low, in the middle. I'm not here anymore. (laughs) I'm ethereal. (laughs) Midnight Squad, you all seem like some straight shooters. Uh, Let me tell you what I know of this Captain Seneca. She's one of the good ones. She'll help you take out the swarm. Even if it means giving her dying breath, if that's what it takes. Arr. Well, hopefully it will not come to that. I would like for everyone who can to, to be able to leave this place alive. Uh, speaking of Seneca, she calls out from the top deck here and lets you, uh, her crew, know that there's some things that need to be done before you can uh, make it to the the first location that you've picked out from Hylax's uh, Comet's Guidance. Uh, each place in the mindscape is kind of shifting. It can be wherever it wants it to be, uh, which means it can kind of move across the map. There is technically a map for this section of the AP, which is funny, but... Um, it doesn't matter the distance between them because it's a not a random. Well, it is a random amount. It is one d four plus one hours between each location. Uh, does someone want to start us off by rolling a d four? Yeah. Four. For a second, I was like, I didn't sign up to be on pirate ships doing duties and swapping decks like these DMRNC fools. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's all pirate podcasts. <laughs> Yar. This, this, uh, this has been a three-year goof. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, so it's it's a few hours that you're already in, and about halfway through that, um, or, or towards the end, I should say, she'll call out Seneca says, you know, a midnight squad soldiers, um, the, the first place that you called out, it, it lies shortly ahead. Uh, please make preparations for, for landing. And, and she's cut off as the barge violently kind of lists to one side as an invisible wall of wind hits the vehicle, lurching everyone towards the port side. 
and Seneca calls back out again. It's a, it's a windstorm. We'll, we'll need everyone's help cutting the sail loose or she'll be ripped apart. Uh, you guys are caught up in a little bit of a storm and to get up into the rigging uh, of the, the lines that hold the, the ship's huge leather sail in place, uh, that's going to be either acrobatics or athletics to, you know, run the cables and the lines or untie huge knots. And if you can't do either of those, if you want, you can aid in other people's actions by staying on the, the deck and making engineering checks to aid. Uh, I'm going to use some athletics and I'm going to climb right up those ropes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Echo 7 is going to do some rad acrobatics to jump up there. Zinnia tried to use acrobatics, too. Uh, Sprouts is also going to use some acrobatics. Ooh. Oof. Is everyone going to get up in there? <laughs> Devon shouts out. I will be down here if you need anything. <laughs> Careful up there, friends. Presumably, you, you, what, presumably at least one of you is going to want a wrench, and I'll just toss it up. Exactly. That You've got to have a, a good athletics, Tyler, right? Ah, oh, yes, but I... <laughs> multi... 1,000 pound creatures and height don't know bad. <laughs> don't, don't want to learn how to fly. Okay, he'll so. stay. He'll stay on the ground and catch anybody who falls down. Speaking of which, can guy. I fly here? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, oh. it's high high wind, so you can get up into the rigging and and but you know, still do, we're working on some of the lines. We'll take some finesse. Uh, I am looking at some rolls here. I'm sorry. Looks like we have a couple of successes and a couple of failures here on the first one, and you you see maybe bits and pieces of the sail starting to tear. You guys have another chance at this, but Devasho, it does seem like they might need some help if they're, if, if indeed they were to be as successful as they were this last round, you think that the sail might come down. Yeah. I'd, I'd remind Devasho of the mighty bear people and how bears can climb trees just fine. And I believe that he can too. <laughs> he just looks like, at you and goes, but I'm not a bear. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll save it for for the the end. But why doesn't everyone that already rolled one of these checks uh, roll again? Uh, we're looking for DC twenty eight. Oh no! Ooh. Wait, so, wait. Do all, do all of us roll again? Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. All right. So we've got a, a natural one and a natural twenty here. Oh no! A Ooh. failure. Two successes and two failures again, Devasho. They need you now. You can tell that the they are are not getting it done fast enough here, and only you have the strength needed to to help pull the last. You know, it's it's like a huge cable, like two inches across. Pull it out of the um, the pulley system and get the this leathery sail. I mean, down. A 28, I am not likely to succeed. Just FYI. Athletics? What, what's your, your bonus? Only a 14. <gasps> so close. 26 <sighs> on the dice. Um, I uh, guess you, I could re-roll it. You have two chances, yeah. So make, make me another one. <sighs> oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, five successes were needed and only two tries per person as you're able to cut that line, uh, unspool it and let the sail kind of drop down. Um, 
you guys are able to hunker out the rest of this windstorm, kind of moving slow and closer to the ground. And the uh, Captain Seneca comes up and thanks you and says, why, that's that saved us probably a half day's journey and uh, twice that amount of time repairing the sails. Uh, thank you all for, for your fast acting. Uh, I, I could not have done that myself. Uh, she'll head down below deck and brings back up um, a small box uh, that she uh, presents to you guys all. And inside it looks like a number of different homegrown kind of series of uh, injectables. Um, you see a few different liquids. Um, she says, I, I managed to capture some swarm mindscape components alive and were able to create these serums uh, out of, of their, their living components. Uh, she'll give you kind of like a rundown of what each does, uh, but these are going to work like from the Surfinder Armory, uh, Nanite Hypopins. And there's a DNA number of- Hypopins, so we just said? Uh, nanite. Nanite, I see. Uh, indeed, there are four purple uh, Hypopins, which work like remove condition. Uh, there are four black Hypopens, uh, which work like the spell Lesser Restoration. And finally, there are two white ones, which work like Remove Affliction. Are these pins that could be slotted into one of Xenia's injecto guns? I guess they're not darts. Oh, so she could, like, shoot us from a distance with it? I think these yeah, I think are so. capable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's a serum, she can load any kind of serum into there, like serums. Yeah, that requires that I actually hit with the weapon, though. Well, by hitting us, you can deliver it to us without making an attack roll. Oh, really? You can always shoot us. Well, I mean, presumably, whoever you have kind of loaded into your um, whatever the the thing is called for. Oh, attuned. So I can have you all attuned. Right. mm -hmm. So Seneca might not be possible, but everyone else on Midnight Squad is. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, right. So she thanks you by handing these hypopins out. And uh, after about an hour or so more of sailing over these, uh, the silvery mists and the gray sand dunes of the mindscape, uh, the static horizon, neither shrinking nor growing that entire time. You just see these the same looking alien mountain range uh, forever fixed on the periphery of the, the worldscape. Uh, but eventually Seneca slows down and you guys see the distance, a small outcropping of plants and what looks like an oasis where Echo, I believe you had a vision of yourself standing alone before the waters. Um, as the, the barge is anchored, the captain will call out to you and say, I've I've heard of this place, but I've never been here myself, travelers. I, I would be wary of the waters here, though. I, I boil everything I drink from the mindscape before consumption. She points back to that big pot of stew that she's got going on the, the top deck. Uh, do we think this is a sort of thing where perhaps Echo 7 needs to go address this alone? Or I mean, if you want Echo 7 to die, probably, yeah. Split the party. Split the party. Split the, party. the, five ways. the barge and <laughs> yeah, everyone just go your separate directions. Right, well, how far? How far away is the uh, is the uh, uh, the oasis from the ship? Just a few minutes walk. Is it like a hundred feet? 
probably a little longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A few minutes. So, uh, yeah, I would I would love to to get a little backup on this because, you know, this is a swarm mindscape that I've had some weird visions of that feel like (laughs) visions are weird. Sometimes they don't show you everything that you're supposed to see. But uh, Mm. okay, Devasha does not need a second invitation. He's like anything to get off this vessel. (laughs) Yes, I will. I will come check out the scary mind oasis. Um, I assume that my camouflage membrane uh, is still attuned to the gray sands. We're still in that biome, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. This biome ain't changing, trust. It's kind of <laughs> handy, actually, when it comes to camouflage membrane. I don't have to change it all the time. Mm-hmm. Gray sands forever. This AP. I, actually, it might might change at one point, but for right now, the, the sands of Mindscape are all basically impossible to discern from one another. Friends, I know not what awaits us, just that I have seen myself there. It is difficult mm-hmm. to parse. Um, right, so you guys all heading out together <clears throat> as, as you walk through the mists here. Uh, as they part, they show you a small pool of water that kind of laps gently uh, along a coast here of greenery. It is maybe um, the oasis 100 feet in diameter or so. And you see strange multi-fronded plants rising above the, the foliage here. I'm going to go ahead and already state that Devasho has a shield form and weapons out. I'm not wasting any more move actions doing that. <laughs> oh, same here. I'm just going to assume this oasis is going to try to kill me from the start. And uh, I think I'll just be better for it. Uh, Echo 7's weapons are always out. So, yeah, we're ready. Same with Spot Marlow. Uh, but uh, but can can I do a, uh, a check to, to see what I saw from the vision? Would that be perception check? Would that be a... We re-roll whatever you want to do, Drew. Let's, let's do... Echo pers- 7. Let it go Make be, whatever skill check you want to try. It ain't going to be mysticism, I can tell you that much. There's certainly nothing magical going on here whatsoever. Let's do a natural 20 on the perception. That's 31 for perception. I mean, I guess that's all right. That's not, <laughs> not bad. Oh, uh, from that. I mean, from the looks of it, everything seems to be of an order here. That makes sense. It, like this might not be exactly what this place is supposed to look like or always looks like but to you in thinking of like what an oasis in a desert would look like that's what the water looks like that's what the trees look like perhaps something with this back huge tree these strange fronds seems a little bit off um you would have to like cross the waters or, or go around to, to get a better look at it. But besides that, everything else seems pretty natural here. Uh, now, if you want to investigate the waters, perhaps closer, that might be something more akin to a survival check. When's the last time we had a bath? 90% hmm. of this oasis is textbook. I have logs <laughs> of over 715 different references across books, comic books, movies and television series about <laughs> oasises and deserts, but something seems off. I think it's going to take a step up to the water. Mm-hmm. I wonder, make me, uh, do you have survival? Or are you trained in? Uh, I am not trained in survival. No. Hmm. 
Is anyone got any skill ranks? You want to take a look at the water? Uh, yeah, along uh, I will. Does. Sure. Yeah, I think so. both thirty-five. Both of you guys here taking a look at it can tell. Indeed, the I mean, it, it almost like acts like water you can like pick up get like a small sample size test tube zinnia um but like as you're playing with it you you notice that it maybe it's like just a little bit thicker or has like a little more coating to it it kind of feels like salt water almost in your uh in your hands is this oasis and ooze patrick Please tell me this is Oasis. It's not an ooze. <laughs> no, it looks very clear. It looks like it would be good to to drink, but like just taking a sniff, maybe a small taste, you can tell that it seems to have some kind of deleterious effects if you were to imbibe it. Um, perhaps boil it, as the pirate um, said. Don't I have a chemalizer as part of my biohacker kit? Yeah, but this is more about sensing things because uh, while you've rolled a 27 sprouts, you're pretty sure that what this water represents more than anything is something potentially addictive. Um, Thinking back to the the memories that you guys were shown of your your lives outside of the mindscape, you think it, it's kind of like a similar effect and something that you could be addicted to. Is but is, is this nostalgia? Did they make like a addictive <laughs> nostalgia well, Oasis? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there's something about this water that will you're pretty sure have some kind of mind affecting effects now if you want to make a mysticism check i might be able to give you a, a little more um uh, information about what this place represents yeah. anyone can make a mysticism uh, sure not that i'm taking can anyone take 10 on mysticism <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say 26. It looks like Devasha is the only one that's got it. And I think maybe because you had the hardest time pulling yourself away from the the safety images that the the mindscape was giving you a few days before. Uh, you can tell this area seems to have the water represents, uh, you know, uh, it, it seems to represent. What the water represents? Oh, so you seem to represent uh, recognize that the water represents uh, some kind of beneficial properties. There's like a positive nature to the oasis itself, but also, did you get enough? No. Um, the the water distilled here seems to be representative of things that the mindscape has absorbed from outside of itself, if that makes sense. So it does seem to be a good thing, but it seems to be something that is outside of a swarm mindscape. So, so it's like everything, every, everything or every person that got absorbed into the mindscape, it took all their positive, good memories, put them into this. Well, this away or not this well. I keep calling it a well. Yeah. Put it into this oasis. So this oasis is like a collective shared pool of positive memories. Uh potentially. Um, you're pretty sure the only way to know that would be experiencing it. 
perhaps. So could I push Echo 7 into the pool and like... <laughs> yeah, let's just start the initiative turn order and go ahead and make that attack roll. Uh, no, wasn't, wasn't everyone roll me a, a quick initiative roll for, for no purpose whatsoever? Uh, Patrick, did we rest between uh, before we got on the boat for resolve purposes? I think you guys wanted to, yes. I just oh, mean like, are, are we fully rested all resolve points back? I believe so, yeah. Cool. I think that was part of the plan after the very short anguish fight. I, I forgot about that completely. Thank you for bringing it up. Oof. Awesome. All right. So we've got uh, the rolls in. And I'm, gonna, I'm gonna roll D20, but don't worry about what I'm rolling. It doesn't it in the bottom. <laughs> oh no! It, it does matter. Oh, I don't, like to, don't like to see I get this. to go first. Don't like to see this. Ed, Vasho and Trest hanging out at the bottom again. Oh! <laughs> if There's, you got Kitan, come with me. We'll be at the bottom. Just you see. <laughs> uh, there seems to be in your guys's minds. Like I, once you are talking about this and realize this is a positive place. In the mindscape, <clears throat> something about it seems off that this place is left unguarded. So, of course, something is created here to to guard this 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 well, this oasis, and that is going to take the shape of uh, just a small snake, small snake that slithers kind of out of the undergrowth here. And I've rolled in like a 31 on the initiative, so it's going to go ahead and go first. And I apologize, Drew. Perception to notice this thing lying in wait for you is 33. So take your 20 on this shove. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, see who he's going to follow after. Obviously, it's going to go to Trest first. No. <laughs> right up to the Sheeran. Trest, snake. Snake's my only weakness. Why did it have to be snakes? And you can feel its its eyes kind of like pierce your, your soul, Trest. And as it does, you feel yourself kind of um, anchored to the, the ground around you. No. Make an attack roll here. Okay. Uh, what is your armor class? Is twenty-seven? Uh, yeah, KC is twenty-seven. EAC twenty-five. Uh, yeah, we're gonna call it flat-footed because uh, you're in effect snared where you are on the ground. You start taking uh, some psychic damage from this thing, kind of holding you in place. Uh, and I need you to make me a will save. Oh boy. Yeah, oh. savings. Oh, it almost rolled onto that nine. Uh, <laughs> oh, but a 19's pretty good. All right, I so you've lucked out there. You've saved from a condition we don't like here on the show. But oh, no. you're still we taking get some. Get those remove affliction pens. Damage. Uh let's yeah, see. Here. Uh, 28 points of, of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> as yeah, you feel like this thing is wrapping around you and holding you in place. Um, but it, it just seems to kind of s silently kind of hiss at you from a distance uh, and hold you where you are. Okay. So, so am I, am I uh, stuck in place as well? Uh, you are entangled. Got it. Yeah. Uh, as a condition, but you are not the other condition, which, uh, 
Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you. It would have been confused. Oh, oh, no. no. But Echo 7, you are up next. Can I attack this thing without safely or, or without uh, attacking Trest? Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's not on Trest. Uh, is that what you want to do? Yeah, I'm going to hit this thing with some heavy fire. I'll make the attack roll just for, for fun here. Ooh, that's a 19 to hit. So it looks like the shot goes right through this snake, which uh, as you're looking at it, you realize there is no snake. There's no oasis. And it's it's kind of futile looking at it. This is not an actual creature here in the mindscape um and as such you're pretty sure there's going to be no way to physically damage it with your your weapons uh that being said is there is there a skill or something you want to try um to figure this thing out Hmm. just trying to think I, I don't have a ton of skills that could help because I'm fairly certain that an intimidate skill is not going to do very much here. Um, could I do a... Try, co- it. Hmm? Try it. Well, because I'm trying to think if this is if this is a pool that is the positive thoughts of things from outside, but there's a negative aspect to it. That means there's either a guardian that we haven't seen yet or there's something else like it tries to attack us because maybe it thinks we're part of the swarm. This is all just me table talk (laughs) thinking about this. I'm just wondering, is there a culture check that I could run with my measly culture bonus to see if that meant anything? Like if I, if I studied my archives of recorded history about the the culture check DC would it be against the book's author uh, Thurston Hillman and I guarantee you he would set that DC very high yeah I can believe and that I I <laughs> I cannot believe, so there's so many things in this book I'm just like how how are they going to do this but why don't you you can make me a journal culture check if you want to see if you can figure out the mind the the mindscape kind of rules for this encounter let's do that um What's that that said? DC 20. No. True, true, true. I'm sorry. That's, that's, uh, it's a no from me. Uh, let's move on to Zinnia. Zinnia, what do you got? Well, um, knowing that my weapons won't do any harm against the snake, I'm wondering what I can do to help my teammates. Um, is there something I can do to identify this further or learn something about it that would be a mysticism check would it be living or non-living uh this is technically non-living okay so i would use physical science for a non-living creature as a biohacker Mm -hmm. it's a 28 actually it'd be higher than that to identify if it matters be a well would it be 31 yeah 31 Good, because I need that exact number. Let's see. Uh, All right, yes, DC 28 to figure out. This is a kind of trap, actually. And I can tell you, the Psychic Viper, um, there's a couple of ways of dealing with it. One permanently and one temporarily. You can take its attention away from Trest, 
by either using uh, diplomacy or intimidate to pull it towards you instead. Oh, yeah. Or you can make an engineering check, very difficult engineering check to try and, I guess, kind of dismantle the psychic energy that makes it up and is and kind of ease it back into the the oasis in, into its background. All right, I am going to go for the engineering uh, check. Try to try to uh, yeah permanently deal with this. So you'll have to move over to it and okay. <laughs> be like, Drez, don't move. I'm going to take care of this <laughs> this snake for you." And you just start thinking at it really hard. <laughs> just concentrate. <laughs> Please get it off. All right, making that engineering. It's a 34. This isn't a lock, though, right? It's definitely not a lock. It's a viper. Um, But that is enough to disable the physical snare here. Get your boy, uh, get Trest out of it. And the snake just kind of like, see, is starting to unravel itself. Um, And uh, we're out of combat right after that. Woo. Hey, hey. I, I know I have said it many times already, but I do not like this place. I do not like all the thinky things that we have to deal with. Yeah, you wouldn't like psychic vipers, Tyler. That's so cool. <laughs> He's coming right at you. I played bass for the psychic vipers on their last tour. Was coming. I, I could just <laughs> feel it. It's such a cool name <laughs> for a trap. Uh, right, so... Um, yeah, this thing was indeed hiding under the sands. It's kind of gone away, and you are left here with the the oasis. Um, would anyone like to do anything at this point? Well, we noticed that there was some weird flora right across the pond. I, mm-hmm. I think that Zenia would like to go and check that out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think Echo Seven has noticed that. Do, do you want to relay that information to everyone, Drew? Yes. Uh, okay, Zinnia, as you're going over to examine uh, this um, tree, this odd, oddly shaped tree uh, on the edge of the oasis, pushing back the fronds of this alien, uh, the, the alien branches here, you see its uh, its branches and its roots are kind of contorted to what looks like the shape of a humanoid. And you realize that the wood has grown over what looks like a, um, you maybe see some lights flashing, a functioning suit of armor. Uh, and it, it can take some time, you, you think maybe an hour or so, but you think you might be able to cut it out of this tree. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. What's, what's your engineering bonus again? 21. Yeah, I think you can take 10 examining this thing even underneath the growth and realize that this would uh, effectively be a piece of armor that is used by uh, the Xeno Wardens of the Pact who bioengineer living armor. Uh, this is a suit of Preserver's Mantle Mark III. This isn't a blue bear, is it? <laughs> it is not, but uh, it is is medium humanoid size. I can tell you that. Good. <laughs> but it could, it could be resized for a small plant creature. I think he was worried about it being a large size. Uh, so. Yeah, I was worried about it being a certain uh, win 
<laughs> well, Miles, you win some, you lose some. Is oh. someone looking that up? I mean, is it worth our spending an hour trying to get it out? Yes, or? very it, much yes. It's yes. level 12 okay. armor, yeah, so it's, it's pretty... It's crazy eh. good. It's all right. Is it light or heavy? It's light. Ooh. Light armor. Ooh. I mean, I don't need it, but... Preserver's armor? Uh, yeah, Preserver's mantle mark three. Uh, yeah, so you can start on that process of cutting that out. What about the waters of the oasis here? What would you guys like to do? Drink I, it. Yeah, Echo wants to drink some. <laughs> Devasha, you want to take a sip as well? Uh, Devasha wants to support his friend Echo in his search for his whatever. So... <laughs> Also, I don't think he fully understands what this is. He just sees it as water. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And Trust, ju- and Trust just wants to be like. <laughs> I'm just. I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering mostly because Echo Seven as an Amranta is mostly a kind of soul goop. Uh, that this memory goop might have something to do with the uh, the Amrantan souls that are trapped. That uh, that that Alto told us about. I think are we going to accidentally like just murder a whole bunch of <laughs> souls if we, if we consume them? I, I think that the only one that's rolled high enough to tell that there might be some, like I said, deleterious effects is indeed Sprouts Marlowe, who uh, Sprouts, I think you perhaps are just wise enough to intuit that the the waters, they might be very positive here, but they could be potentially addictive. Okay. Um, I'm trying to figure a way for a spouse to say this without coming across like the dead mother of the group. Like, hey, don't drink the wild water. <laughs> Sprouts, get over here. Get in on this, man. Everybody uh, cool's doing it. Anybody that wants to take a uh, a canteen full, um, go ahead and make me a will safe. I've got Echo 7 stepping up first. I'm so full of regrets. Yeah, this is going to be bad. <laughs> Oh, Tress, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Zenny is not drinking anything. Sprouts is not (laughs) drinking anything. Preaching uh, uh, skepticism a minute ago, so. Okay, so. Sprouts is just not dumb. Let me roll some D4 here. So, first thing to have. We don't have a scientific lab in the mindscape, so all we have is trial and error. So, we will trial. And you will err on caution. And that's how the experiment goes. <laughs> uh, so first things first, if anyone has any will damage still left over from the previous day, uh, you healed three points of, of wisdom damage. Woo-hoo. And hey. the other effect is for the next five hours, uh, you get a plus four morale bonus to will saves against fear or mind affecting effects. Woo. And nothing can go wrong. Yeah, I'm everybody. waiting for the butt. <laughs> <laughs> but. Sorry, Tyler, did you say trial and error, not error? Yeah, to err on the side of caution, trial and error. I was, I was. Were you making a pun? Okay, okay. <laughs> I was I, I'm make, just, I'm I just making make. sure that you were making a joke I, and not that oh, you yes. didn't know what trial and error was. <laughs> I was trying to have Devasho make a bad joke. Okay, okay. I know, I know. Mission accomplished. Thank you for pointing that out. Let's continue on with the 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 super <laughs> interesting oasis water here. Uh, it feel it feels like it kind of fills you up as if you hadn't drank water for never let's days on end and now you are sated and you get vivid visions um almost like a very short lsd trip of just 
indeed dozens of cultures from across the galaxy um, in their prime, perhaps before the swarm attacked them. Um, and they I just found- like the, the Beatles are playing right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is perhaps a very short universe. Tr- very short trip across the universe, but it is very soothing and indeed kind of affects your minds uh, like a drug. So you've got that plus four bonus going for you for the next five hours and are feeling pretty good. Um, the other thing that this kind of opens up to you three is looking around. You understand that from here you were brought to this place by the crown of, of Hylax to make a sacrifice. You're pretty sure that someone, uh, one person has to be fully immersed in the Oasis with the crown in order for it to, to absorb the mindscape power that it needs and to unleash the kind of like Hylaxian energy to attune with this, this location has to be born um, under, under the surface of the Oasis. We like uh, that realization. You just kind of hear Devasha go, Oh no, no. The vision showed me here. Allow me to do this. It did. But does that mean exactly what you think it does. Maybe you were just meant to show someone else the way. Uh, the important thing to note here is I, I did kind of put you guys in the visions of these four locales that you're going to be looking at. Um, you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I, I made guesses when I did that, but it is, there is something to it. You do feel, you do feel like there could be some uh, potential negatives here. Some, Th- th- there's something that you will need to sacrifice in order in order to move forward with this. So, what exactly um, it is, you're not sure. Are we afraid of anything mind affecting happening? Should we try to send somebody in who's got a good will save, or uh, or do we want to just draw straws? Well, we've all got. Well, the, those of us who drank have a bonus to those saves, right? It's true. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if this involves a will save, I don't remember if he specifically right. said that. Yeah. Well, uh, well, drinking it involved a will save. So I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, I mean, it, well, might, it might be the case that submerging yourself also would be. If you guys want to take some time and, and kind of rationalize it out, why don't you make me a mysticism check? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys do that. <laughs> Not that one. Maybe we, maybe we take 10 on this. <laughs> DC 22 to figure. You're not going to be sure exactly what it is, but after drinking the waters, you are pretty sure that one, this place named to you is called the wellspring of memories. And two is a representation of living memories that the swarm has just kind of scooped up and all ah. the, the good memories of the peoples that it has destroyed over centuries have kind of coalesced into this one place. Whatever the negative uh, is going to be might be mentally related is what you figured out. Well, I mean, I have been gifted a high mental fortitude thanks to my afflictions. I would be willing to, to go in myself I know I have this 
place has probably taken, already taken some good memories from me, and I have already been trapped by its illusions before, so I know what to expect, at least a little. Uh, yeah, I, I would also volunteer to go in. Well, do we need... Um, if, 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 if I feel like... I don't think that two people going in is going to no, decrease no, no. the effect. No, I, no, no, I don't. I don't think so either. I think we should, unless, unless like table talk. If somebody wants to do it right now, just stick your hand up. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm right now table talk. Wondering if the reason that Echo Seven is seen there is because someone else goes in while I hold their whatever to pull them out if something needs to happen. Because I've got the strength check to do that for just about all of you. I mean, to be honest, it, if I had to, if I had okay, to I'm not going again. You, so you guys, I was about to say, in, in the vision, Drew, you were wearing the crown of Hylax. So, oh, well, if I'm wearing the crown of Hylax, that means that's means means it's me. Okay. I'm going okay, in. I, you 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 wear the cloth. You go get anointed. <laughs> I'm I'm 90% spirit goop. Let me do this. This set uh, famous last words. <laughs> You walking in? Let's do it. All right. So I will walk in in with this terrible impression. Cannonball. I was excited to make something up on the fly if someone else wanted to take your place. But immersing yourself in the oasis water, uh, holding yourself under the surface, uh, everyone, all you see is... Echo Seven, kind of faintly glowing there underneath the the pristine waters, but the crown kind of opens up your mind to these waters, kind of metaphorical nature, and your memories start to coalesce with the memories around you. And before you leave here, I mean, it feels like an eternity as you are experiencing perhaps dozens of Enranton lives and, and, and stories. Um, Sheeran and other people that have been affected by the swarm uh, from time immemorial. Uh, before you leave, you have to sacrifice a large portion of your memories to these waters before you, you get out. Um, is there is there a specific time frame of your life or a, a set of memories that you want to get rid of that that would mean something. That's pretty big. In my mind, thinking of Echo Seven, that I mean, there's really two things that kind of uh, come come out, and one of them is your time on the Geist Hammer, spent with your your former crew and and former in Rampton and basically the only life before the war that you you knew much of or I mean, the opposite is after the time you spent on Susquehann as a as a farmer and where you get 99% of your movie and television show quips from <laughs> either of those seems like a pretty pretty important sacrifice but if what if, do you think if i sacrificed the the memories of the guy's hammer mm-hmm. would i forget the would I forget what Alto has told me about saving the other Emranton souls that are trapped in the Soul Forge? No, I think it would just be your your time spent with them. You know, you you might forget, you know, why she was important to you or why that that crew and, and other of your your kind were were important. Oh, this is 
This is uh, complicated. By the way, if you choose to eject all your pop culture things, you can no longer say heavy fire in the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, I know. You, I'm, aware. That is, that is I'm aware. I'm aware. Fam. Okay. I'm aware. I, I, I'm going to hold you to it. If you get rid of it, guys. I was going to make Tyler forget his kids. <laughs> so. I'm really glad DeBajo didn't go in there now. Cause it's like, Oh no. So, so here's, here's my thinking as drew saying this out loud and mm. not echo seven is that the crew of the Geist hammer is dead or trapped. The ones that are dead have already gone back to the Soul Forge. The ones that are trapped here, once they are freed from here, are going to go back to the Soul Forge and be reborn and not have any memory of this anyway. So in a sense, that could mean that Echo 7, in a way, died alongside the members of his crew on the Geist Hammer to be born anew on Susculin. Mm. And that, I think, is the decision that I am going to make stepping from the waters just like 30 seconds later um you see the crown of hylax kind of cool to the touch on top of echo seven's head glowing with a a slight blue aura echo seven uh there is a negative to ditching memories here and that is a minus six penalty to all intelligence based checks (laughs) <laughs> Rutro Raggy. <laughs> so, I mean, forever? For, like forever? Qu- question mark? Yeah. So go ahead and, and note that. And uh, I'm just changing my modifier on roll 20 to minus six. Is that all I need to do? Uh, yeah. I mean, like any intelligence based skill check, that kind of thing. Bye bye, culture. Your culture just went into the ground. <laughs> well, I was about to say, probably good that this happened. Tech, I was supposed to say, I don't know, you're ship scientist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zinnia's over there, like sweating bullets, like, uh, it is six. Either way, I, I think maybe as Echo came out, Navasha would be like, Well, you seem healthy. Wibbity wham wham wazzle. Okay, still weird too. I think you're going to be, he like puts a big arm on you. Uh, it seems like you're going to be just fine. <laughs> seems normal to me. <laughs> Um, now, in addition to to the sacrifice you've made here, uh, the Crown of Hylax has gained its first empowerment here in the Mindscape. And now, whoever wants to um, wear it can use a reaction ability to aid an ally within 60 feet on a skill check um, as, a, as a reaction. Wow. Yeah, Echo like 7. Cool. Yeah, Echo 7 should not be wearing that for this. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> uh that I mean, I guess one I mean, if we're trying to think of coverage in terms of skills, uh probably one of the DeBacho. operatives should have that, It'd right? Probably be one of the operatives who has the most skills. Um yeah. But um regardless there's there'll be some other powers as as it gets empowered but uh for now heading back to the barge you know getting on board the side winder seneca can kind of tell perhaps you guys have been through something as you make your way on on board uh only i guess trust looks a little worse for wear but seeing you also for sure seems to notice something is up echo seven they they come over to you it's like what what happened out there echo did did you find what you were looking for 
sacrifices had to be made. And sacrifices were made. Hi, I'm Echo Seven. It is lovely to meet you. Alto just kind of like backs away, shaking her ghostly head as Seneca calls down from the the top deck and says, let us away. The, The next place you want to visit. Why? It grows close at hand. And we're back into our travels here amongst the freak dunes of the endless sea of sand. Uh, let's roll another D4 for time. D4 plus one. See if your bonus <laughs> kind of means anything. Oh, good. <laughs> You've got an hour left of uh, of your your waters. Uh, Wellspring waters bonus. <laughs> when Seneca calls out, brace for impact. As you're zooming along the sands, jutting up like a huge wave is a dune that seems to form a massive peak hidden by the silvery mists above it. Uh, Everyone make me a reflex save as the sidewinder kind of jerks to one side before it hits the sand dune. Really reflex save, really. Oh, really? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Some bad numbers. This is only DC 15, but those of you that failed are knocked prone and taking a little bit of damage. 13 points of damage as you're knocked to the deck of the Sidewinder. But you see someone is worse for wear as she was trying to control the barge's wheel. Uh, Captain Seneca, the Kasothan, is thrown bodily over the edge of the ship as it lurches to a side and through the mist to the sands below. Uh, Alto will, will call out and says, Captain's overboard! Captain's overboard! Uh, what would you guys like to do? Uh, Echo 7 has Kip up, and he can pop right back up from prone mm-hmm. as a swift action. Mm-hmm. And, and what would you like to do? Uh, go after the captain. So they are off the ship. You're, you're still on deck. Let's see how far we are here. Can I lower a line to her? Uh, you can try, you know, you're you're swiftly moving away, so you have to throw this behind the, the barge. Uh, if anybody wants to try to do that, it'll be basically a ranged attack roll to, to try and get a rope to her. Oh, boy. Let me yeah. let me that. let me try. I'm going to try, try first. Do I do I need to move first or do I can I do it from where I am? Uh, I mean, this will be your your entire turn is a single attempt. All right, let's do this. Nope, that's a toot toot kaboom. No, uh, uh, spouse will try. Oh, uh, well, I think Xenia said she wanted to go next. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll go. There oh, it is. Oh, there you go. Look at the roll. Nineteen on the dice. That is uh, good because DC gets a little more difficult. Uh, you can get that rope to her. She whips it up um, as she's tumbling along the sands here, and you don't even need to slow the ship down as she can be pulled up back on top of the barge. But as you get her back on board here and get the ship back on course, you notice her two left arms hanging limply at her side and says, "Hi." Ooh, I either broke the bones or I definitely fractured them. Uh, I I would appreciate if, if one of you could take over at the wheel for me. I, I can help guide us, but I will need you to, to take the helm. Uh, Zenia volunteers. 
Oh, I figured as much. Uh, it's been a while, but why don't you make me a piloting check for the rest of this uh, this segment of the journey? That's an 18 on the die for 38. You have a plus 20 to this. We haven't used this skill in forever. Let it die. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is more than enough. Maybe even cut some time off it here to, to get to the next location, uh, which as... As you kind of get there, um, she realizes where you are, and perhaps before um, you're anywhere near what looks like, you know, kind of what she described, which, let me look at that. I think the description of this place was a big uh, crevice with some very powerful psychic energy that she has never gone too near this next area um as you as you stop the barge uh Zinnia, she kind of like doesn't even look you in the eye um she kind of sets to work uh, amidst these giant patches of dune um, and there's nothing on the outside of the barge you don't see anything that looks like a big crevice um but she'll she'll explain and says uh, you all will need to to walk on by foot from here the 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 psychic energy this place emits it, it might interfere with the sidewinder's engines all right i hop down into the shallow sand and wade up onto the beach can zinnia fly i mean can i just sort of hover like 10 feet above the ground as we make our way yeah i don't know what direction we're headed but yeah she'll kind of point you in one direction but yeah she seems something seems a little off as she sends you on your way but dismounting the barge back into the odd smelling mists of the mindscape. It is a good 20 minutes walk before you come within sight of what looks like a, a long crack in the, the ground. The sands kind of part and dry up into a, a rocky terrain. And it's a, a two foot wide crevice, several yards long. Um, and as you are just kind of like standing nearby it, you can feel a hunger. You can feel a, a, a almost like a vertigo effect as you are looking at this this hole in the ground, and it slowly begins to expand. Perhaps just like little chunks of it falling inward, uh, the sand kind of floating around you and down into this this widening maw. And suddenly the, this growing crater just kind of rushes closer toward you, revealing what looks like a descent into a, a blackness. Uh, what would you guys like to do? Does this match anything that Echo saw in a vision earlier? Yeah, I think you saw Memory Serves Trest falling into said crevasse or running away from it. Here we go. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm here to fulfill my dream. And I turn on my jetpack and I slide on in. <laughs> the jetpack is cheating. Uh, no, do you, do you, are you guys trying to run away from this or, or outrun said uh, giant hole? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Devacho's initial instinct would be like, this is where I want to go. Yeah, the, the, right. The last time Echo went under the surface of anything, he came up without memories and with an intellect deficit. So, 
Um, we're going to take these one by one. Make me an acrobatics check. Uh, let, let's try Echo 7 first. What's what's your movement speed? Uh, movement speed's 30. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead and make me that acrobatics check. All it's right, a 23. 23. Why can I not roll yeah. above a 4? So you guys see Echo 7 swallowed into yeah, what is now plus 19 <laughs> to acrobatics. <laughs> what is now a huge you black ravine with an impossible to perceive bottom. He swallowed up uh holy first. Well maybe the maybe that'll empower the the crown. <laughs> Thanks for making that. <laughs> so but I'm not wearing the crown right now. What are the operatives is wearing the crown? True. We didn't mm-hmm. figure out which one. <laughs> we should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you guys tell me you're putting it on your head, it's still on Echo Sevens. <laughs> uh, let's try uh, Debacho. What's your movement speed? Uh, 40 feet. Okay. So uh, you get a plus four bonus here. Make me an acrobatics check. Can I make any other check? <laughs> I can't beat. I cannot beat. I cannot beat Drew's roll. <laughs> um, even, a with a 23. even with a 20 so oh Devacho's in that hole <laughs> <laughs> uh great 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 uh let's oh, somebody, hey, that, somebody that has a chance here uh sprouts marlow your sure. your ride has fallen in but you're able to outrun this i'm pretty sure because what's your movement speed uh 50 okay so a plus eight bonus to your your acrobatics oh oh boy i can't wait to see how i screw this up <laughs> You've got like a plus 22, right? All right. So it's a 37. <laughs> success. Yeah. Meep, so meep. <laughs> First success. Oh, nice. You've got your jetpack on trest. And what is your movement speed? Is it still 30? 30? Your fly speed is 30 as well, I guess I should ask. Yeah, I think so. Okay, you get a plus two bonus for for flying on acrobatics. Yep. Oh boy, twenty three. <laughs> <Woo! laughs> right down into yeah. the ravine. Yeah. And uh, Zinnia, Rebecca, what is your movement speed with uh, with your flight? Forty. Okay, so you get plus four, uh, plus six bonus. All right. For flight and the extra movements. So 32. Oh, well, believe it or not, the two operatives. Six, yeah, I'm <laughs> shocked beyond this. measure. <laughs> well, good luck. Good luck beating this worm, kids. Did you did you grab that crown oh. while he was falling in? Nope. No, 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 <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I should say the two operatives succeed for a moment. But <gasps> eventually this whole the entire sky kind of opens oh. up as this massive crater. This expansive maw swallows the mists in the the silvery skyline above. Uh, and you two are both sent inside, falling. Uh, but you two don't hit the sides of the ravine and the jagged rocks on the side that tear at uh, the other three suits of armor. Uh, everyone that failed this check, taking 46 points of damage. 40. Start us off. 46. Sorry. (laughs) AKA 15 points (laughs) as you are indeed, you know, it's kind of like Homer going down the ravine, just out E taking a few licks as uh, striking your, your heads, your extremities. And then you just kind of bounce off the wall one last time. And you are 
falling, engulfed in a deep darkness. And with it, a silence kind of overtakes you all, threatening to push your consciousnesses inward, you know, make your minds go to sleep, you know. Um, But something is, is pushing you to stay awake. You guys can look above you from where you've fallen and you see just a pinprick of light looking up. You can just make it out, holding on to reality and keeping you in place. You see the small silver glow of Hylax's comet in the sky above the ravine. Everything else is darkness except that point of of brightness, which does seem to be moving away from you and is dwindling as time goes on here. But images and sounds kind of coalesce out of the perpetual gloom in all directions around you as you see nonstop flashes in your mind, scenes of devastation of the ravenous swarm consuming bodily all in its path, flesh being torn from bones, bones being cracked and ground into paste, chitin destroyed and skin dissolved and juxtaposing these images you guys see fleets of living ships traversing the galaxy devouring entire worlds conquering star systems as your minds are connected to fleets of millions of connected lesser components and and horde uh, uh, entities that seem to be moving like an ocean's tide engulfing these worlds and suddenly this image fractures as if you were watching from behind the glass and a shard kind of moves forward towards you and in it you see the faces of Sheeran rising towards the comet high above you and to all of you this just looks like Trest you see the face of your your teammate here except Trest you see the form of independence rising from the the filth the mire of the swarm mind towards that comet. Uh, as you guys are experiencing this, uh, will everyone please make me a will save uh, as waves of pain and confusion wash over you? Now, those of you that drank the waters of the mindscape, you do get that bonus. This is mind affecting, and Sheeran also get a plus two circumstance bonus to the save. Yay. I have, not, I have rolled a four on every pronking check today. Oh, well. Shouldn't have gone in the goo. Wait, wait. If this is a mind affecting, uh, I get a plus two racial bonus. The second you, you against it. You do. Uh, I'm going to spend one RP to re-roll this. <gasps> oh, what, 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 what effect is this? Uh, the diffraction cloak, right? Well, it says to flex thing. Oh, no, no, no. It's a reflex thing. Hold on. To reroll fortitude? Oh, that's fortitude. Never mind. Diffraction cloak is... No, but I read my my text wrong. I can only reroll fortitude. Diffraction cloak is for rerolling against certain damage, but that's not what this this is. Oh, what's what's this ability? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It might be an operative thing. Regardless. This is a will save. Uh, Sprouse, what you got? Uh, 27. And Tyler, what have you rolled here? I rolled a 19 before the goo bonus. Oh, I can tell you that is a save. Nice. 
Uh, and Trest, similarly, uh, you've got the goo bonus. <laughs> you've got the... Well, no, and a bonus for being a, a Sheeran, so you've also saved. <laughs> but Zinnia and Echo 7, you're just... It's too much. All these images that are being presented to you. And you guys have fallen... Uh, fallen to kind of the, the psychic energy that is lashing out against you. Uh, for the remainder of this encounter, you have got the shaken condition, uh, which is a minus two penalty to basically everything. Skill checks, saving checks, attack rolls, ability checks, shaken. Uh, all right. Uh, everything kind of reverts to darkness again after this this image and you no longer feel like you're falling into a hole, but instead you guys are just kind of floating weightlessly in a strange void. You see what looks like purple and green hues of maybe the drift around you far off uh, above the, the light of the comet and the, the fragment showing the, the Sheeran is it kind of lights up these two things and instead dead the next time you look at them they look like perfect spheres these glowing spheres one of them like a kind of a a light bluish and the other an orange and ideas of the swarm components that you had seen previously here kind of represent in this space as these dark I guess kind of like almost icicle like uh, long stretching claws stretching across your your vision uh why don't you guys make me a culture check see if you can figure out what is what what is being represented here what you're seeing Ooh. So, 36 for sprouts becca and miles your characters are students of history <laughs> Uh, you recognize what the, this is representing. These two sons are the sons of the Pact Worlds and that of the Vescarium. And you are seeing an interpretation of the 291 AG invasion of those systems. These two civilizations, some of the greatest in the galaxy, being uh, nearly destroyed by the swarm. But beyond that, taking a look here, you realize somehow you being placed into this enveloping darkness, you have the ability to interfere with this battle if you want. I think Zinnia, you see perhaps around the packed world sun, a detachment of starships. And as you like look closer at them, you can see Seneca uh, back when she was a fighter pilot captain moving in an attack formation run on a swarm mothership. Sprouts Marlowe on the battlefield of the Veronis desert, you see the familiar, perhaps younger uh, form of, of Captain Jaldemarek leading a battalion of Vesk soldiers across the barren dunes. And you guys, each, everyone here has a single full round of actions which you can act and join in um, and affect the combat by either making an attack or perhaps um, using some kind of magical ability to to attack the swarm, uh, or finally trying to affect their consciousness through an intimidate check. Ooh. Hmm. 
Now, I will say uh, you can do nothing, but pacifism here, not a great idea. You're, you're going to want to face the storm in some form or other. Uh, so my question is, since Zinni and I both rolled high enough, do we know the actual like outcome or what happened in the battle to change? Like, for example, <laughs> if Sprouts were like, oh, I want to help uh, Zelda Merrick out, like, did he lose that battle or did he do something a specific way that Sprouts might think to correct? Realize this is like a metaphorical kind of like joining in the, the fight and you, your consciousness is technically not there, but you're like willing yourself through the mindscape to participate in this form okay, of its, so, own, its own memory. Okay. So we are not tr- actually affecting history. Maybe who knows? Time is wonky here. <laughs> um, Do you want to be the experimental lab rat and make an attack? I'm, I'm trying to think of... Uh, yeah, because I, I think an or, intimidate... Or intimidate. What, what's your, I, your intimidate's pretty good, right? Yeah, but I mean, don't the swarm not get intimidated? Don't they not care about that kind of thing? This is more to get their attention, perhaps drawing them away from like another part of the battlefield or disorienting them. Um, you're pretty sure here it will work. It will um, be effectacious. Now, it will be a very high DC, but is that... Um, Mm, yeah, let's. I mean, why not? It's it's <laughs> it's it's something different. Oh my god, that's a thirty-seven. It's a natural twenty. <laughs> uh, not only do you massively succeed, I will tell swarm, you, the swarm leave. The campaign's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like uh, perhaps all of a sudden, like back on uh, Vesk Prime, like like an entire battalion of dredgers and uh, of other like mind reapers and stuff that are moving forward, like all of a sudden are like psychically like confused and like look over to where like a, a 300 foot tall uh, a plant is like glowering at them <laughs> for some reason. Um, that is a success. And I'll tell you the DC of that now is 30 in case anybody else wants to try it after you. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go to get it over with. Okay, I imagine an attack's coming from you. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, does it matter what I attack with, or just um, no, no, not really. You're you're just looking to do a a good amount of damage. You're you're not gonna want to choose a you know a pistol or, or yeah one of your lesser modes. You want to cause destruction. Except I'm minus two to this, so. Minus two to the attack roll, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Say 29 to hit. That's enough, and you're blasting them. 26 you can do heavy damage. Fire, too, yeah, so. Uh, well, heavy fire's a full round, isn't it? Yeah, you got a full round of actions. That's what I said. Oh, okay. Uh, but regardless, that's yeah. a hit, even with the negative, and you're blasting away. That's a success. Who so, wants to follow up? Uh, I'll follow up. Xenia is uh, aware of this going on. Um, I think I'm just going to use my laser pistol, though. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you can try a trick attack here. Uh, I will say the DC is fairly difficult. It's a trick. You're, okay. you're tricking a mindscape. Oh, speaking of which, let me turn off take 10 on my trick attack. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it could be a immediate failure, but who knows? But make that roll and we'll see what the dice say. 
All right, that's a 25 on the attack and a CR 14 or lower on the trick. Oh man, good damage rolls here as well. Uh, what is it? Uh, it is a trick and a hit. Uh, what is the total damage? So that's going to be 18 plus 14 is, what is that? <laughs> I can't add 32. Yeah, more than enough right. to succeed as uh, you're following Seneca behind and all of a sudden all the weapons become like overpowered in her, like every single shot her her detachment is taking lands like a critical hit. Next up, we've got both Trest and Devasha. Who wants to go next? Um, Devasha is just going to give an intimidating battle cry. Oh, you you, oh, sure you do well here, I've yeah. I've only rolled a... I've missed it by two. Drat! Oh, can no. Somebody, can somebody use a reaction to try to aid? Can somebody, somebody with a crown? Aid? Oh, Someone? yeah. Anyone. Echo 7 can. All right. Let me do an intimidate. <laughs> DC 10. DC 10. I believe, Drew. I believe we you, can Drew. I think I ought to succeed I this. Yay. All <laughs> oh, right. I forgot all about that ability. That was needed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why you can do it as a reaction. So a yeah. DC 30 is exactly what you needed. I hate you guys so much. Someone failed this. <laughs> uh, uh we're, we're finally on to you. You just feel okay. so. So we're so we're not really casting. If we were casting a spell, we're not actually casting it on the person. We're casting it on sort of a representation of a yeah. person that is sort of like them. Yes, you're casting it on a single mindscape entity. Hmm. So, mind you, if you wanted to do something like a um, mind thrust, there's no. Hmm. Um, uh, swarm uh, mind another mind yeah. for it to link up with and use that like double saving throw ability right um, but you're trying to cause like I said mass destruction you're trying to cause a lot of damage would that be using a high level spell like that would that be more damage or do you think your sword would do it uh, well my my plan was to use shield other but <laughs> I don't think that's uh, that's what oh, you're no. looking for that will so I'm gonna I'm just gonna chop it with a knife <laughs> uh, and I'll spend a level one uh, weapon of war. You mean Activate. your your sunblade? Your yeah, your child. Yeah, there's something that just clicks. Kind of uh, your your offspring, uh, their mind inside your blade. Just it makes sense attacking the swarm like this. Yeah, make that attack. Chop chop chop. 29. And that is oh also boy, 32 damage. So much damage. And that is enough for five successes from you guys uh, to <laughs> basically obliterate this section, this this stage. Um, uh, yeah. Driving off these different attacks, these fingers that are kind of like moving in on the pact and the Vescarium. Um for the rest of this encounter, uh, you all receive a plus four morale bonus on skill checks uh, in, in case that comes up. But more importantly, you do not find yourself getting psychic feedback from these attacks. You are scot-free, no damage, um, because it would have been... Uh, let's just... Uh, let me roll what it would have been if, if uh, say, Drew hadn't aided uh, Tyler's character. Beep, boop, boop. Just a little bit of damage. 
I have I've rolled that roll twenty can't calculate this much damage is why it's taking so long. <laughs> it does tend to Ooh, to do that not, with a lot of bad. dice. Forty eight like, points of of slashing damage. Hot ham water. As you're pulled out of that idea, the swarm attacked on the packed worlds, the Viscarium recedes. The pact recedes. The light of these two sun vanishes, and in the total darkness around you, all you can feel is the mindscape. It's constant gnawing hunger, the desire to incorporate and destroy more civilizations. This sensation is accompanied by more scenes, flashes in your mind of the swarm advancing on planets. Though these ones perhaps are a little hazier than the ones you saw before these images, but after several minutes, there's a, a moat of violet light that appears behind them and kind of grows rapidly and remains distinct from the swarm, moving off into another part of the galaxy. And this light you see is composed of millions of winged, glowing swarm components surrounded by what looks like a massive five-pointed kind of like star shape that kind of takes form and you see like forming in the night sky the shape of this immense beast that you spotted first back in book one fate of the fifth as you fled susculin the thing that father zelenin called the god host a gargantuan swarm construct with five heads all the other images kind of fade away and become blurry as this collection of, of swarm components becomes the focus. You see the light descending on a familiar world of, of Sheerans and other insects like beings, and then engulfs and seems to burn away the citizens and buildings of another world. And Zenia is thrust into these images as recognizing firsthand you are seeing from the swarm point of view the destruction of Uds and this the your university on Ilum Chuva as it's destroyed amidst of the destruction here, you see in the background Etchiax rescuing your, your schoolmate Jedvata and other city dwellers, pulling them into the sewers below as the last buildings burn and fall to the ground. Um, the light continues on as, as it departs this charred Ilumchuva, still glowing faintly like an ember and moves with a purpose to another dark part of space where we see the Susculan system. And you all are now given a choice. Or I should say, are faced with a choice. You realize you are about to witness firsthand the carnage of the destruction, the swarm on Susculan. You have the option not to go down and to look away from this, but you know somewhat instinctively that you could suffer pain to your consciousness, your very psyche, by looking on to this massacre. But at the same time, you realize one of you must go down there to sacrifice yourself, along with the crown of Hylax. It's another uh, I think, decision I th point. I think this needs to be witnessed. Um, I will offer to take the crown down. No. no objections from Devasho. Now, I this one, the pain of the fallen. This one 
more than one person can go down here with you. Hey, friends, who was who else wants to go peek at these dead people? <laughs> Sprouts will go with him. Wants to see a dead body. Ooh, Sprouts materializes right on your shoulder. Did did Echo Trest. Seven see this in a vision? You saw Trests falling into the the crater. Yes. Echo Seven made a commitment to Susculin then, but to freeing trapped and ranton souls here. I don't know that he can go. Mm-hmm. Zinnia Devasho. Devasho does not. You know, he has a family, and seeing. What war does to family? And y'all ain't it. Bye. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Uh, well, no, just just seeing what war does to family hurts him at a at a very at a very hard level. So yeah, it might he, be a little more kinda, personal. Yeah, he kind of shies back from this, and um, he just cannot seem to find it within himself to. I mean, he knows of the horrors of war, but having the thought of having to face them and know that it could change him irreparably you know is is too is is too much he wants to try to go back to his, to his family as much of himself as he can Rebecca yeah I'm trying to decide what Zenia would think of all of this I think she's really grappling with like is this real is this not real is it because it, it's kind of somewhere in between it seems like um but I think ultimately she would look at this as a clue into potentially the swarm psyche and therefore a beneficial scientific research that she needs to do. So I, I suppose she will join her, uh, her friends, uh, in the hole. Okay. Uh, as soon as you will make this decision, Zinnia sprouts and trust are removed from the darkness. And all of a sudden you find yourself walking on Susculin Opening your eyes, though, in your ears, there are fighter jets that scream overhead uh, low to the ground as a light snow falls around you. But as as the flakes hit your your palate as you're walking forward, realize you are tasting ash. Trest, you know this scene well as you see the great dormant volcano in the distance, the ponds and pools and the great rock formation around the the wider lake. You are back about a year, right at the start of the Battle of the Stone Sea, the start of the swarm invasion. Where oh, the dunk. Fifth Battalion, your battalion was destroyed. Oh no. And the three of you can like look at one another and you seem to be represented here as beams of light, uh, ethereal like uh, amongst stepping, almost floating above. Uh, the battlefield as you are surveying the carnage of just a few hours of war here on the planet as you are walking past not a battlefield this is now a grave site of hundreds of SDF soldiers lying half buried in the red blood-stained waters of these pools at the Stone Sea every step walking past a few more squadrons a few hundred more who have died And in the distance, you see thousands of swarm components flying from the heavens, descending on what remains of the 5th Battalion, and indeed can hear the swarm attacking and and slaughtering the 
units of, of SDF behind enemy lines. The the carnage wrought here of uh, the psychic damage being done to the soldiers is assailing you all. As you can feel, indeed, uh, trust some of your your old squad mates as as they are torn to shreds by the small swarm dredgers, or worse, have their minds reaped by the trepan blades of their leaders. But as you all are walking forward, a hand reaches out and just kind of grabs your wrist, trest, and turning around. You see the wizened old face of your unit's chaplain, uh, Eustace McPubbage, a.k.a. Abutsi, the man who saved your life at the Battle of Stone Sea. There's a, a light and a wonder in his eyes as he looks over you, and you realize you are transmitting through Mindlink months of, of pain and suffering moving through your your connection with him. And Bootsy kind of looks up at this ethereal trest and says, Oh, by Triune, I I understand. Yes. Uh, a, a single tear rolls down his certain dirt-stained face. Trest just says, Thank you, Bootsy. He replies back, I know what I have to do now. Sergeant, trest must to be continued. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. But I'm bum bum. Believe it or not, this, <laughs> I feel like that's Boy, this, this episode, episode was just kind of a kick in the teeth. Every episode <laughs> is just, hey, this one gets weirder. <laughs> There's more stuff. This one, this one, oh, it gets weirder. It also gets sad. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I will hold my comment until after we finish recording. The connection <laughs> rift continues next week. But uh, yeah, you, you guys have made a sacrifice here in this giant crater. Uh, the the last negative was a minus six to intelligence skill checks. What, what do you think is coming? Sacrificing yourself uh, to see the the massacre on Suskelon. Well, I hope it's charisma. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, Probably good. Oh, we just put it this way. Probably good to Basho state. Guys, thanks so much for the right calls. Thanks for you. Hard hard to say thank thank you, you, Patrick, Patrick, but you know, Uh, listeners, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Cosmic Crit. Have a great Bye. week. Good night. Bye. Cosmic Crit, an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder role-playing game and adventure paths are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder and Starfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.